Welcome to Relentless Pursuit. My name is Brace Belden, and my co-host here is Liz Franzak. We've been studying for the past two years, conducting interviews, talking to witnesses, and collating documents to prove one thing. Jeffrey Epstein was a bisexual woman with mental illness. Wait, is that the name of the New York Times thing? No, that's actually... I shouldn't have used that. That's just the name of the Bradley Edwards book. I feel oh, bad because I've used a lot of that in my research. But uh, I thought it was I thought it was the fake ISIS podcast. Oh, incredible. So this woman just interviews some guy in Canada who's like, yeah, I was an ISIS. And she's and like, she's, sounds good to me. She's like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Tell me all about it. He's like, absolutely. He, he tells her all about it. I haven't really looked into it that much because it's the New York Times. You kind of got to assume it's bullshit. But they did like a whole podcast series called Caliphate. And he's like the main <laughs> witness. And then it turns out that uh, he just made all of it up. <laughs> like he'd never been to Syria. He lived with his grandparents in Pakistan for a while. He's Canadian. Uh, and then he got arrested by Canada for lying. The first clue should have been when he, she looked at him and he was a redhead. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed in ISIS. Um, I will say, if Canada, if it's, uh, so I haven't looked into the law that much, but if it's if it's possible to arrest someone for lying in Canada, then uh, I would like to give some ex-girlfriends an all-expenses-paid trip to Montreal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. That's too expensive. Here we are again. My nose is a little stuffed up, Liz, so I'm going to sound more nasally than usual. Oh, my God. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Look. Um, hello. Hi, Brace. Hi. Uh, greetings, Liz. <laughs> this has been a journey to get to this episode, hasn't it? I kind of want to tell people what happened. Tell what them what happened. happened. Tell them what happened. Also, tell them what don't happened. forget what happened. By Hillary Clinton. Exactly. Well, let's 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 be honest here. Let's tell them our our <sighs> arduous journey towards recording this episode right now. Yeah. Speak our truth. Uh-huh. Um, Say it so from the chest. So we had a banger of an episode planned. Big guest. Big guest. Huge. Hanukkah guest. Very big guest. Can't give it away, but yeah. Uh, didn't work out. <laughs> Turns out Gmail, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes you're like, all right, so we do this remotely now, and we would have to do that remotely anyways, because this guy doesn't live near any of us. Uh, and so I email him the link, and I'm like, well, first of all, producer emails me the link, and I'm like, what the fuck is, I'm like texting him, like, what the fuck, where's the link? Yeah, I'm like, like there's 10 no minutes link. late, like, you there's piece no of link. shit. I called him a lot of names. About? No put, link. I put that behind me. We're all forgiven Zero here. Links. Anyways, I get the link. I send it to our guest, who is a famously uh, can be ornery. I'll, famously I'll say old like that. person as famously well. Famously old person too. So that's a, it's a difficult doing that in the first place. He does not get the link, and I send no him. I'm, we're sitting here in the fucking recording session, like where the fuck is this guy? Yeah. 
I send him the link uh, again, and he's like, I'm not getting any emails. I'm turning my computer off, and I, my, I die I, inside. Yeah, I, I wither. Then, well, then we, when we come up with another episode. Well, yeah, we're on a little bit of a time crunch. Mm-hmm. And due to some uh, personal things that are none of your fucking business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were like, okay, we got to come up with an episode by tomorrow. Yes. Which was yesterday. Mm-hmm. We record the episode. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. I wake up in the morning and I text the boys and I say, I don't like it. it episode sucked. It was terrible. Bad episode. It I was made no good. a good joke during one part, but I rest think we of it, had not some great. good bits. I, we had some good bits, but the we meat of the stuff. We had some good bits. We didn't love it. No, I didn't like it wasn't it. And, us. And so, despite having spent like 12 hours writing this episode, well, not 12, I'll, I'll be honest, more like five hours writing this episode, and then an hour and a half recording this episode, we thought this fucking thing stinks. We're throwing it out. Here's the thing uh huh. This is our commitment to gold standard. When you uh-huh. come to True Non, you can always expect not just the Grand Crew, uh-uh. not just the Premier Crew, uh-huh. Grand Premier Crew. Grand we got the Premier. best of the best. Mm-hmm. We're giving you the best of the best. We're never going to give you uh, bad stuff. We've you done know? this before. We, there are lost episodes of True Non that we will never even release Don't as part of a lost episode Shh. thing. Well, no, they're not good. They don't want to hear them. Um, but, but yeah, it's so, so telling you now, we got, we got one today for you though. Well, here's the thing. Let me finish the story. Uh-huh. So we, I send that text and we're like, what the hell are we going to do? What do we do? Boom. Gift from God. Mm-hmm. Because. PBUH. Siren alert. Wee, wee, wee. Jean-Luc Brunel arrested. Thank God. The French, for the first time in their history as a nation, not not even talking about the, the Fifth Republic, I'm talking about Fourth, Third, Second, First, pre-Republic France, monarchical France. The first time in their history they have arrested a pedophile. <laughs> okay, wait, so before we get into it. Let's do the intro, let's do the intro, we gotta introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, I'm Liz. My name is Brace, we are joined by producer Young Chomsky, full name uh, Morton Gold Standard. <laughs> this is true, Don. Hello, welcome. Hello. Okay, so I gave it away. Uh-huh. Jean Luc Brunel arrested. In in the clink in the French Le prison. Le clink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, he's down. He's uh he is he has been arrested now. Now let's let's start off with the actual arrest here. He was arrested at Charles de Gaulle Airport. Uh, it, it, right outside of Paris, I guess. I, I don't know. You, I feel like as a girl, you probably know where Charles de Gaulle Airport <laughs> is. Is it in Paris? Is it outside of Paris? It's like the main Paris airport. Yeah, it's like right outside oh, of Paris. Uh, yeah, okay. So Great they, bathrooms. Ladies, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, Perfect for wow. the, just, they're very famous. They're very like oh, 70s looking. They've got purple. Gotcha. Douching. The French no, word. No, 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 no. Just like the vibe. It's they're very beautiful. Yeah. Let me ask you this: How come they taught us about douching when I was in, uh, in like <laughs> uh, sex ed class in middle school? And then for the rest of my life, people were like, "Don't douche. It's bad for you." Why would they even teach us about it? Well, wait. They taught you to do it? No, they just taught us about it. I feel like they always taught us about it to not do it. 
Oh, well, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just like, damn, that's a crazy ass word. I'm going to use that uh, at the end. I'm going to, I'm going to, I, so that's a lot of people don't know. I first gained prominence for inventing the word douche nozzle on a Reddit post in about uh, 2004. Okay. So Brunel gets arrested at Charles de Gaulle airport. Uh, He, he was on a flight to Senegal. Yeah. That gave me pause. Yeah, so he was uh, apparently, uh, you know, I actually did not have enough time to research if Senegal, for some reason, does not have an extradition treaty or something. I mean, France famously will not extradite people to other countries. But, uh, but yeah, he is uh, he is in the clink. He got arrested by, uh, taken in, essentially, by the Central Office for the Repression of Violence Against Persons, which is a mouthful, but it's the OCRVP. And the actual charges are, as far as I understand them, counts of rape, sexual assault, counts of rape and sexual assault, rape and sexual assault on a minor under 15, rape and sexual assault on a minor over 15, sexual harassment, criminal associations, and human trafficking to the detriment of minor victims for the purposes of sexual exploitation. Okay, wait, two questions. Just mm-hmm. right off the bat, one. Yeah. What is a minor over fifteen? I, I, you know, there actually is. I think we. I think I sort of. I, I this so in my research in the Macron episode <laughs> to see if his wife was legally a pedophile. Um, there is like a difference between sexual crimes of minors under fifteen and minors over fifteen. So uh, the sort of general thought is that Brigitte Macron is not a pedophile because she met Macron when he was fifteen. But there are reports that she met him when he was fourteen. So right. she's essentially the same as Jean Luc Brunel. Mm. Wait, but I'm saying like legal, like technically, what is a minor? Like sixteen? Uh, I guess it would be sixteen to eighteen. Yeah. French law, I'm not surprised like to see. Minors has some... in France, I don't know. I always thought they yeah. were like fetal, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, like children in France. Uh, yeah, they look sickly and stuff. Yeah. No, like, the, like, you know, the the age of consent, like the like what makes a minor would be like the lowest possible age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, Months. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, he, you know, he got taken in and, uh, and it's, it's, there's been an investigation, uh, open on him since actually august of last year mm. uh he's been he's been underground hiding so actually before we uh before we really get into that investigation let's actually go over who brunel really is because yeah. we've talked about him a lot on the podcast but we've done a sort of dive on him very early on in our recording but i there's been more information that's come to light and i think it's it's good to kind of go over what exactly his relationship to epstein was and uh and and what's going on with him yeah, I I mean, I feel like the last time we covered Brunel was like a really long time ago, and we probably have a lot more listeners since then who haven't gone through it, but so in case you, so if you have gone through it and you already know, sorry, got to sit through it, refresh your course, mm-hmm. but for uh, new listeners, Jean-Luc Brunel uh, is basically like a high-flying raping model scout, best friend, acquaintance associate of one Jeffrey Epstein. Imagine you worked as like a potato farmer, right? And then like it's potato farming where you live is a fairly small knit community. And one of the most famous potato farmers had been accused of rape for 40 years. And he, for some reason was still a prominent potato farmer. That's essentially what happened with the modeling world and Jean-Luc Brunel. Why'd you go potato farmer? Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I tell you what, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have much control over what comes out of this. Okay. Thing. 
Now, I, uh, to drive that point home, Mike, you know, Jean-Luc Brunel basically has been a known rapist for literally 40 years. Like, known, yes. like, not just, like, everyone talks about it. Like, how they talk about Epstein or Trump or Clinton. Like, no, like, 60 Minutes literally did, like, a two-hour report on him. Yes. Being a and there's been a B- BBC in the report, too. In yes. the 80s. In Our 1988. listeners weren't even born. Yeah. I- I'm going to play a clip right here from that report. It's a meat market. You are there for the purpose of somebody wanting to take you home to bed. He is acting as a matchmaker. He's got the agency. He's got the girls. His friends say, oh, Jean-Luc, I'd like to have, you know, I'd like to meet some girls or we're having a party tonight. Can you bring some girls? And what happens if you say no? You don't work. You've actually known, be very careful on this, you actually have known that he has made someone pay a professional penalty for saying no. I know. I paid a penalty for saying no. no. I was personally proposed to by himself, Jean-Luc, and I said, no way. I laughed in his face, and I had no more appointments, and I never worked. But no, so this guy got got his start as a model scout for Karen Models, which mm, he's Karen a with very, an I. Yes, which really gives him the creep. Sounds Russian. Mm. Uh, within a few years, he becomes the head of the agency. This is in Paris. And he starts, I believe, uh, from what I understand, this is very, very, very common in the modeling world to the, to the point where it's basically just what happens. But he would take as much as three quarters of the girls' salaries. And he would also, and remind you, a lot of these girls are foreigners who come to Paris to work. He would also take taxes and Social Security out of their checks, even though they weren't paying those in the first place. Um, yeah, this is like a really, I mean, again, we covered this on the episode we did about modeling and, and Victoria's Secret, that this is like a very common uh, relationship in the modeling industry between agents and scouts and models, where the models are basically uh, like indentured servants to yes, yeah, to um, to these guys and these agencies. Well, that's the thing, is, is something that Brunel would do is he was famous for basically getting these models to come over and then he would take them to parties with like, you know, 10 or 15 men. uh, And he would say that they had to have sex with those men or they would never work again. And this was like common knowledge. Everybody knew it and everybody still used him. Uh, uh, Do you know, you know, Eileen Ford, Liz? Mm. The, uh, Oh, uh, well, she was the she was the head of Ford models. Oh, okay, makes sense. Sure. Uh, uh, she was I'm a famous Fordist model <laughs> model fan. <laughs> she would uh, she was famous for being very protective of her girls, and she would send them to to France to work with Brunel. They would not get raped. Any other model that worked with him would be subject essentially to this. Uh, he'd also rent apartments to the girls and charge them like thousands of dollars in rent even if it was like a friend's apartment. I mean, he was ripping them off. So uh, he's also very famous for drugging and raping models too. Mm. Yeah, like, that was his uh, yeah signature move. Exactly, like putting something in a drink and then taking them back. I mean, there's horrible in that in that we'll, we'll link to it. But the sixty minutes uh, piece about him, well, about him and other other modeling heads, 
is so fucked up because it's like it shows him just dance. He's this little creepy little man just like dancing like a maniac at this club with all these tall, beautiful women. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, he was like literally banned from like several, several agencies. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it was a reminder, most of these agencies basically do the same stuff that he does, but just on a different scale. And so he must have been doing it really bad. So he's actually famous for discovering a bunch of models to many of whom's names, I, whom's names, many of whose names, I don't really know. I know who Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich is. Yeah, Mila, Mila Jovovich. It's the girl from the Fifth Element? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, not my type. Uh, and Chris, who's Christy Turlington? Are you serious? Are you serious? Absolute dead serious. Explain to oh me who Christy God. Turlington is. She's like one of the top ten most famous models in history. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't it be weird if I did know who she was? No, it would. it's really weird that you don't. Oh, well, I do. I was just seeing if you did. Mm. Uh, and apparently other ones called Jean, Jean, Ginta Lapina and Juana Berga. Yeah, that's not surprising you wouldn't know them. Yeah, I don't know who they are, that's but they're like famous. That's more like modelizers like myself. Modelizers? Yeah. I'm definitely not a modelizer. No, you I did just get a nice, I, I did just get a model boat for myself, but I'm putting it together. Anyways, <laughs> so he was famous for discovering these girls. Uh, but again, like like Liz said, this guy just keeps getting canceled via very prominent international media outlets. This is the most canceled man in all of Europe. But he, he just, it just doesn't work. Like, yeah, like most cancellations. Yes. Like his BB, the B, okay, the, in 88, the 60 Minutes report comes out and he gets in some trouble, but like he still just keeps doing the same job he does. 1999, 11 years later, uh, a BBC investigation comes out that's like, this man is a serial rapist. Uh, there's a huge crisis management meeting in the Caribbean with a bunch of people from a bunch of agencies, including Karen Models, and he shows up with a teenage girl on hand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just doesn't give a fuck. Just, I mean, yeah, he is a real YOLO type man. Uh, but he founds Karen Models of America in 1995. Yeah. I mean, we should say that, like, you know, the way that he that he would work is similar to, I mean, I you know, it's just not, I, I hate saying this, but, like, it doesn't seem like his behavior and the way that he worked is at all exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to what was exceptional about him, which was some of his friendships and acquaintances. But, uh, you know, he would basically, you know, this is what model scouts do. They go up to young girls, mostly like 14, 15, 13, 14, 15, 15 being the, I'd say the oldest, uh, and promise them a career in modeling, and then basically, you know, they become he becomes like a pimp to them. Yeah, like it's it's sort of astounding. I mean, and you read this in a in a I, I have a book about uh, this kind of stuff. I, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called like Dirty Business of Modeling or something. It, mm. it talks about Brunel in it. Um, it's actually under my bed. I have a bunch of books that I read going to sleep and then I throw them under my bed and then I can't find them again and I just have to start reading different books. It's this was one system. of them. Yeah, yeah, fantastic system. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, this talks, uh, this book really describes in depth, like, there is a fine, and by fine, I mean basically no line between modeling agent, and model scout, 
head of a modeling agency and a pimp. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's an astounding business, and like, it's, it's one of probably the most abusive businesses that, uh, that there is. Really, I mean, it ranks up there. Um, he, he, especially his thing was that he'd bring American girls to Paris and pimp them out. That was kind of his specialty. Mm. Uh, and of course, uh, girls from other European countries. There's a very famous case of a woman named Thysia Huysman. I can't pronounce it. Anyway, she's a Dutch model. She said he drugged and raped her in 1991, and she's been a very prominent voice uh, sort of after the whole Epstein thing came out and mm. their articles started appearing about Brunel. Yeah, yeah. She was just quoted as being, um, like, I think she, were the, she used the word elated and, like, couldn't believe yeah. that he had finally been arrested by uh, French police. Well, yeah, but he also, I mean, his big thing, too, and this maybe gets into his relationship with Epstein, is that, I mean, his big thing was actually going to third world countries yes. and finding young girls. And, um, you know, he, he's he been credited or, um, I don't know if credited is the right word, but uh, basically it's been said that he's the one who's secured, uh, you know, passports, uh, State Department documents, visas, as we'll get into, for a lot of the young women that were living uh, or, let's say, working for Jeffrey Epstein. So there's actually a deposition given by his bookkeeper, Martiza Vasquez. It's a very difficult to find deposition now. Like it, it, mm. I had it at the very beginning. We actually did an episode with some stuff from this during our sort of, I think, first like 10 episodes. It's really hard to find now. It's like mm. not in any of the document dumps. And it took me like an hour to find it. Finally, someone had to send it to me. Um, but this is a really revealing part about how they got the visas and exactly what they were doing. So this is, I believe, an FBI agent uh, questioning uh, Martiza Vasquez, and he says, how did Nadia March Marchinkova come into the country? By a model's visa, I believe. And she was brought in specifically by Jeffrey Epstein or Jean-Luc Brunel, or do you remember? Mr. Epstein was paying for the visas, but you know, all the visas were done through, through Karen's or MC Squared. I believe she came with Karen's visa first, then everything transferred to MC Square. And I believe those visas were paid directly by Mr. Epstein. Further on, they, they, they keep talking about Nadia Marchinkova, and, uh, and she gives an answer to a question that is really, the answer is very striking and sort of shows how these guys operated. I've heard of that girl, and I remember clearly that it was a problem with her visa. And that's why she, I remember there was a end of the year, and I was with Eve in New York, and she was like really upset because they were like mistreating her because of that. The fact that they were blaming her for the papers, doing it incorrectly. And then Eve told me, you know, that girl never worked. She was never a model. She was living in his place, but she disappeared. So she actually never even worked as a model. So that is really indicative mm. of what exactly was going on with with Epstein and uh, and Brunel. And and to be to be clear, like that is not just Nadia. That's like a bunch of different girls that that happened with. Yeah, to back up a little bit. So they mentioned MC Square. For those of the people again that are new to this, um, Karen Models basically became MC Square. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was in two thousand five. Yeah. And MC Square, can you, uh, <laughs> much like uh, our friend Emmanuel Macron, 
Uh-huh. Jeffrey Epstein was a big fan of acronyms. So you know his name. So you know E equals MC squared. Mm, like I the, don't. It's but like I, a magic thing. It. It's it's Kabbalah magic. Like it's yeah, from sure. the Talmud. Uh, well, it's different, <laughs> but it is from the Talmud and the Kabbalah. It's also in the Kabbalah. Anyways, uh, so MC squared is like supposed to bring to mind E equals MC squared, but the E is silent because mm. Epstein was the silent partner. Mm. Yeah. So stupid. Well, I mean, so Epstein actually met Brunel through Ghislaine, and Ghislaine met Brunel. It's funny. Most American outlets are like, well, uh, Epstein must have met him. It's sort of mysterious how they met. Epstein met him prior to 2004 or 2003, I guess. Although Brunel's first appearance on the flight logs, which we'll get into his flight log stuff in a second, but Brunel actually met Ghislaine, quote, through her father. And that mm. is from a Bradley Edwards interview with, with Brunel himself in the 80s. And then she met, excuse me, she introduced Epstein to Brunel in the early 1990s, probably when she met Epstein. Yeah, this was funny because um, except for in Bradley Edwards' book and then a couple French outlets that have been reporting this, this has not been in any kind of American um, that I know. That I mean, we've read a lot <laughs> Almost, yeah. I think every piece that's been written, um, but it, it's always been kind of inferred that Epstein and Brunel, um, for what little coverage there has been of him, by the way, by the American press, that they've only known each other for like since the 2000s or like mm -hmm. late 90s. But this seems to suggest that, no, it was much, 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 much earlier. Well, the first appearance on the flight logs is actually in 2002 when they flew from Palm Beach to the Bahamas. And he was on the plane just a few flights ahead of William Jefferson Clinton's first mm. flight. He also flew. I found this one very, very curious. He flew with President Pastrana of Colombia and Naomi Campbell. That is an interesting bunch. Yeah, sounds fun. Well, Naomi Campbell, who you might know from, I mean, Obviously, she's in my Wikipedia and past relationship stuff. Don't really want to get into that. But just Naomi Campbell actually herself is rumored to be a, well, let's say Brunel type figure. Yeah. I want to just give a little bit more of a picture for those who have not um, seen a photo of this man, Jean-Luc Brunel, <laughs> because I could not stop laughing. We were looking at some of the uh, French reporting on this, and <laughs> it was just really funny. Um, so a couple months ago, I think back in August, there was a bunch of new photos leaked, by the way, from the mega agency. Mm -hmm. Should be a red flag. Um uh, of him, of Jean-Luc Brunel and, and Ghislaine. And I think maybe some people have seen those photos. It's like them kind of laughing on the island. Um, it's Playing like maybe like early 2000s. Yeah, they're like having fun in the sun, hanging out on the patio. They're cuddling in one photo. Yeah, fancy free. Um, so <laughs> it's just I just really want to read some of the... Um, the writing on this. So in some of the newly surfaced photos, Brunel appears to be boarding a plane on Epstein's Island dressed in yellow pants, a mustard colored patterned shirt and orange shoes. 
The flamboyant Frenchman is reportedly colorblind. I will say, in all photographs I've seen of any of the people related to this, and all of these people, by the way, are in so tight with not only fashion companies, but fashion models, fashion, essentially. They, I have never seen a picture of anybody in the entire Epstein nexus who is dressed not even well, but like a normal person. Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, plenty has been spilled on Miss Maxwell's mm-hmm. uh you know, taste. But yes. I just I just love that they describe that. I mean, just what a little dig at yeah. the flamboyant Frenchman. I mean, they continue. It's, he would often show up at an industry soiree with his models and celebrities looking like he was high on cocaine and wearing turquoise colored pants and a brightly colored pashmina shawl. What the fuck? I never heard of that fabric. You don't know what a pashmina is? Uh, Liz, no. What is a pashmina? It's like a softer, soft, but very cheap, not at all cashmere, uh, large scarf. I just want to ask you this. Under Mm. what circumstances prior to this recording session today would I have found that out? Um, I don't know. If you were high on cocaine and wearing turquoise colored pants, maybe. I've been really high on cocaine before. I used to inject it into my hands at the flower shop. I've never worn a shawl of any type. Well, I guess in Sierra, I kind of wore like a kefia. But listen, I'm not a shawl guy. Oh, my God. All right. Well, the other, the, it's, tell about the other picture, Liz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good one because this was like too much. Other snapshots show him wearing a psychedelic looking blue, black, white, and yellow top. Okay. I don't know if it's psychedelic with a, looking. With a dark baseball hat that says Israel Army. He can also be seen in banana yellow shorts and a plain light blue t-shirt. I just, you know, I, uh, when you're colorblind, just go for it. Just go for it. You can always it. say, I don't know. You know what? Israel Army, that reads through for any color. Yeah. I like that it's not Israeli Army, but it's just Israel, Israel Army. Army. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. It's, uh. In fact, the last picture of him prior to him going underground. I mean, there, there's other pictures of him that emerged of him in Ur- uh, Uruguay and stuff. But I believe this is the last, like, dated picture before he went underground is him at something called the Paris Country Club for a $1,400 ticket event called White Night. And he is wearing an all-white costume that makes him look like it's it. I, I don't know how to describe it, but just frumpy. It's a frumpy costume. Again, wearing a shawl. Yeah. Funnily enough, and it's a, he's posing with two other people dressed in all white whose faces are, are, are blurred out. Funnily enough, though, the last picture of Ghislaine Maxwell to be taken in public, besides, of course, the famous in-and-out photo, though we don't know when that was taken, uh, she is at a party in, I believe, San uh, Martin or San Marco, one of those fake countries that's in Italy that is, exists mm. for gambling. Uh, and she is at a party where everyone is wearing all red. Wasn't she? Isn't it Monte Cristo? Mon- no, that's the Count. Of Monte Cristo, you're thinking oh of. God. That's a totally different case. Um, no, and he didn't do it. That's the whole point of that. No, she's at a uh, she's at a uh, like a soiree for Paris Hilton. Who, by the way, Paris, if you are listening, you do follow the True and On account on Twitter. If you are listening to this, I would love to talk to you. That yeah, boyfriend we'd love to have you on. was so rude to you in the documentary. I would never act like that. Oh my god, much like I would act like that a little bit, but. 
only to get my way. Okay. Uh, anyways, so this guy, he actually, I mean, he is god awful in the way he looks. He's he's like a little troll, but his whole thing was that, like Liz said, he had a lot of uh, let's say foreign connections. In fact, MC two after he and Brunel uh, get together or excuse me, after uh, Brunel and Epstein get together, opens offices in Miami, New York, Paris, and Tel Aviv. We will Mm. be linking the Tel Aviv MC2 website (laughs) in the show notes here because it is still around, even though the guy in charge of, I think think Sergio or something, uh, has broken ties with Brunel. uh, Citation, fuck, I mean, probably now. But uh, according to Brunel's partner at MC2, this guy named Jeff Fuller, who, by the way, should also be in prison if he even knows Brunel, their client roster had everyone from Nordstrom's, Macy's, Saks, all of the Liz's places, I like to call them, Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, Target, which Liz loves, and Sears, which Liz actually purchased in a hostile takeover in 2017. So Brunel's relationship with Epstein seems to be, okay, he was basically, you know, he got a million dollars. Epstein was funding his his MC2 company, uh, which, by the way, he was cooking the books on to make it look like it was profitable, even though it wasn't. Uh, and he see, it seems like Brunel really was, his, his role was just to get passports for young girls and to find them in third world countries and bring them over so that uh, Jeffrey Epstein could uh, sexually assault them. Suffice to say, uh, he and Epstein were very close and sort of second to Ghislaine, he is one of the most important people in the Epstein nexus. It's big news that he got arrested. I mean, Epstein at one point bragged to Virginia Jeffrey that he had slept with thousands of Brunel's girls. And an important point is, is that, okay, yes, there are a lot of American accusers and, and of course now some French and European ones uh, of, of Epstein and Brunel. But we haven't heard word one from a lot of the uh, foreign girls that were imported for them. And there is a lot of firsthand testimony from multiple women that on the island, they would just be around with like 15 girls from like Eastern Europe and South America. And so we haven't really heard from any of them. There's a lot of stuff in the testimony about girls in Brazil, about girls in Ecuador, which which we're going to get into on another episode. Uh, But let me just say, Brunel was a huge human trafficker like massive yeah um anyways back in uh august of 19th uh excuse me august of 2019 of course i mentioned french prosecutors open up an investigation into him they that i think came after the fbi sent them some information um anyways french law requires those investigators to hand over heavy crimes like like rape and human trafficking to special magistrates and the special magistrates can place suspects under official investigation, which is what happened. Uh, anyways, he is, I mean, being arrested for all the crimes I mentioned earlier, apparently hiding out on his former drug dealers boat. I learned this from our, our, our Parisian source, uh, and, and later confirmed that he was actually, yes, living on a barge, uh, in France. And yes, <laughs> probably belonging to, cause like Liz mentioned earlier, Brunel is an insane cokehead. Like he was on cokehead, cocaine yeah. for decades. Yeah. Um, he does not look good. Yes. <laughs> I also found out from that, uh, Brunel's name on WhatsApp was Jean Luc. 
L-O-O-K. Yes. Also, apparently he was writing a book exonerating himself. I've read that in multiple places. I fucking love that all of Epstein's guys just can't stop themselves from writing if I did it books. Yes. And like, dude, there have literally been decades of like videotaped testimonies about how you're a serial rapist. And now it's going to be like, oh, it's, I mean, this is at the time, of course, when another uh, big name in French modeling is, of course, we'll, we'll get into it in another episode going under. And it's like, this is, these guys, I don't think there's a lot of, I think they're just giving rope to hang themselves with. We can only hope that Ghislaine writes a memoir. Yeah. So while we were uh, investigating some of this Brunel stuff, we came across a new character that, um, we need to share with the world because this is someone who uh, at first blush seems to be <laughs> in the middle of a lot of moving parts in the extended Epstein universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to read a bit from one of the Brunel stories to kind of set this up and then we're going to get into it. So um, this is about Brunel, and this was such a fantastic detail that I did not know, which was that Brunel, when he was li- when he moved to New York, so this is after he met Ghislaine, he was living, by the way, in Trump Tower. Yes. Which is just incredible. So uh, this is from a French piece. In New York, Brunel is quickly overtaken by his reputation. He is obsessed with girls. I never left him alone with the models. Uh, this is from, a, says a photographer. At the time, the Frenchman rented an apartment in the Trump Tower in Manhattan. According to the photographer, he meets in particular this Italian agent, Paolo Zimpoli, mm-hmm. but also Donald Trump, who wants to launch his own agency. It is Zimpoli who will introduce Melania to the future American president. So I, I was reading this and I was like, that's an interesting name. Let me look into this guy. Listeners, uh huh. This man is a cartoon character. Insane. He looks like if The Sopranos created a Gorka character. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, I I I did a bit of research on this guy about a year ago, and I it's every th- single thing I I read about him is just incredible. One thing I want to mention too is that in the testimony of Martiza Vesquez, she actually mentions that. Epstein was like, I want the same sort of uh, like deal with modeling scouts as uh, Trump has. <laughs> well, Which, yeah. I mean, these guys, anybody who works in modeling, I, I'm giving a big uh, a third eye open to. Yeah. So let's just say that right before we started recording this, Bryce and I were looking over this stuff, just kind of texting each other back, uh, dude, what? Oh, my God. What's the deal? Kind of freaking out about this guy. I guess his claim to fame is that he says that he introduced uh, Melania and Trump back in the 90s. And actually so much so that um, when it came when it was reported that Jeffrey Epstein actually had introduced them, a reporter reached out to him for comment and he wrote back, no. That's fake news. Like, he was very upset with the implication that it wasn't him that introduced them. Um, But, yeah, he was like a model scout, an Italian model scout. Mm -hmm. And that's how he discovered Melania um, at, like, a Milanese, uh, you know, scouting expedition. But this guy, um, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. He was, like, the son of a 
an Italian toy maker.、Mm. And he, apparently, he says like he didn't want to go into the he you know he thought that was like two small potatoes, being a, just a, a small simple toy maker in、uh-huh. in Milan. And so he he becomes a model scout. Yes. Well, I mean, I think this guy, from his reputation and also from his Instagram, might have a、uh, problem with women, and not like a problem <laughs> like he hates women. I think. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at that. He's Italian. But I think he is、uh, a bit of a horn dog, to put <laughs> it、think? very, very, very gently. Yeah. Well, not just that, but it, like, like I said, he seems to kind of be at the center of all these things. He really does have relationships with almost everyone we've talked about on this show. He was the fucking Trump org director of international development, which, by the way, probably a fake job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only did he, yeah, that's the big thing. Not only did he introduce Melania and Trump, he ended up working for the Trump organization, and was like helping him set up Trump models back in the nineties. Yep.、Um, he's also he already knew Bill Clinton apparently before this, but it,、uh, reportedly at Trump's wedding, or this is according to you know Zimpoli himself. Um, at Trump's wedding at Mar-a-Lago to Melania, he was introduced to Hillary by Huma,、mm. good friend of the pod, Huma, friend of our silent partner Anthony Weiner. Yes, and he keeps boasting to the papers about what good friends he was with Doug Band and Ed Burkle.、Mm. Classic pair of guys who show Doug Band. I gotta say. What a fucking psycho! Yeah, it, you know, it recently—I don't know if we mentioned this on the pod—but it recently came out that Doug Band did like a sort of tell-all interview, I think, with Vanity Fair. I can't remember、mm. with who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was、uh, Vanity Fair. But, but you know, Clinton's whole thing is that he never went to the island. Doug Band, his like one of his closest confidants, like his real like his the guy who he mentored, basically says in the interview—I mean, not basically, literally says in the interview—oh no, Bill Clinton went to the island with. Me, I was too creeped out by the island, and if Doug Band, who by the way also might have fucked Ghislaine Maxwell, is in Naomi Campbell, is on the island. I mean, he's too skeeved out by it. My God, I, you know, I can't imagine what was going on there. Yeah. So nowadays, he actually doesn't work for the Trump Organization, although probably does, you know, silently,、um, as he's appeared at the White House many times and、mm-hmm. was at the inauguration party. Yes.、Uh, his front first, and center. His first photo on Instagram, by the way, is him and、uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, one of many.、Mm, fantastic.、Um, but he's actually a United Nations ambassador to Dominica.、Mm. Um, where of course he is not a citizen. This is a this is a big thing. If if people know anything about Dominica,、um, is that it is a country where it's very popular to buy、uh, passports. I mean, I think there's there's like less than a hundred thousand residents, right? Like actual yeah, yeah,、Dominic. it's quite small. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but a lot of people like buying. You can basically buy citizenship from the government.、Mm, oh,、um, yeah, it's、uh, because they do that in the Mediterranean too. Yeah, yeah, because well, but specifically with Dominica, was it what it does is it gives you,、um, it, it has total visa-free access to all of the European Union and like I think almost all of South America. Wait, does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty good deal if you've got like whatever it is, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand to shell out. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing for a lot、that. of these nations. Yeah, it's probably. 
from what I understand, because the guys who did uh, the documentary about um, about the Israel lobby also did one about economic passports in Cyprus, and uh, I think they were like a three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars there. Although Cyprus seems like it would be a fancier one because it's it's you know it's technically European. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a huge thing. This guy seems to be all over the Caribbean. The Caribbean? How do you say it? Caribbean. Caribbean. How come yeah. it's the Pirates of the Caribbean? I don't know, because it's some weird American thing. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this guy, not only that, okay, let's talk about it. He partnered with Ghislaine on Terramar. Yes, correct. Oh, he just, lo- Liz, he loves the ocean. You wouldn't so understand your land lover. I said, I said brace this, too, because I was freaking out. I was like, dude, you have to look at the website of his quote-unquote ocean organization. First of all, what is with all these rich people and their ocean organizations? It's very weird. Baby, I got to tell you, the web- website is a is doing it a little too much. I don't know. I know. Justice, it's, a, but it's literally a web page. Emphasis on page. There's no menu. Page. There's no, there's a, just a picture of a wave. And what does it say? Well, it's weartheoceans.org. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it says. No. It says Watto, the NATO of the oceans. Yes, it copyright it, it, 2017. Paolo Zappoli. One all word. I want to. I want to be clear about this. One word. A a wave. Or excuse me. One picture. No no menu or anything like that. A wave crashing and Watto, the NATO of the oceans. In one word. It's not separated by other yeah. like spaces or anything like that. Just one word. Watto, the NATO of the oceans. It, this seems to be a common practice amongst this this man and his Wado, sort of deal. The NATO of the ocean. But we are said, the oceans. Wado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the NATO it, of the oceans. We are yeah. the. That's. It seems like that's kind of like. Um, uh, shit. What is it called? Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant, Sir, which means sexy, unique restaurant, but oh, it's called what? Sir the rest, Sir Restaurant. So it's sexy, unique restaurant, restaurant. Who's Lisa Vanderpump? Is that Vanderpump oh Rules? God. Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. It's like a, yeah, she has three restaurants in West Hollywood. And well, one in Beverly Hills. Hold on. I thought Vanderpump Rules was like a sitcom. Vanderpumps are people? Yeah, yeah. She is the matriarch of the family Vanderpump. What? I the thought children- this was- kind of out of the picture except for the giggy gig the the little Gigi. <laughs> no i i i'm Gigi joking I, I said that wrong on the podcast once before um we've talked about no, this her, before yeah it's her little dog oh wait so this is a tv show about a woman and her dog no no it's really just about her and her businesses oh oh yeah. man so vanderpump rules is about all the people that work at lisa vanderpump's restaurants mm. gotcha and uh, so it is kind of a sitcom, except it's not a sitcom, it's a reality show. I did not know that at all. thought it was like a sitcom, like uh, other But yeah, you can go to her, her restaurants. I've I'm been to good. Pump. The only restaurant I've been to in LA is this, the place with the moldy jam. Oh, Squirrel? Yes. I ate the jam. No, I'm kidding. I've never <laughs> been there. Uh, I've no, been there a lot, yeah. I, I, I would never eat such mold. Um, this guy is you like, you would eat the mold. I would not eat the mold. I actually, no, ask, you wouldn't even know that you were eating the mold, baby. I actually am very, I am not a, I am very grossed out by moldy food. Uh, uncharacteristic. You wouldn't know the mold was there. That was the whole thing. I no one knew the mold was it. there. I have mold sense. 
I could do it. You're a mold person. I work I work as like a secret shopper for the people who like go and check if restaurants are okay. What, OSHA? Like, yeah, OSHA yeah. Does not have OSHA, the shoppers? health health department. I'm a health department secret shopper. I'm like, hey, uh, I, I see if a place is a bathroom that like you can kind of see the kitchen from. I'm like, hey, I have IBS, which means I'm disabled. Can I use your bathroom? And they're like, sir, is he really? And they're like, and they look, I was Jewish. Yeah, he probably has IBS. I don't actually have IBS. And I go to the bathroom, and from the bathroom, I keep the door crack, which I do when I use the bathroom anyways, no matter what. And I look out into the kitchen, and I'm like, are these guys? Yeah, there's mold in the jam. So I'm the guy who busted Squirrel from no. using their bathroom for 45 minutes while a large no. line formed, even no, though I had the door You would eat the mold. I wouldn't eat the mold. Let, let's move on. I, I, we'll talk about Look, this I want to talk about... I want to talk a little bit more about him we actually i mean we do actually have to do an episode with him because it under just with some cursory research within an hour the bombshells i've found this man first of all will talk to anyone about anything there's yes. a good chance that he will come on the podcast uh, which we're gonna try to do yes also he sounds like a cartoon italian unfortunately yes well watch your words here because my friend anthony listens to the show and he's italian i love italians Women do love Italians. I'm just they're, saying they're the very accent charming. is very, they're wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Also, I love Italy. It's pizza fantastic. and the piazza. Yeah, his his accent is very heavy on the, you know, mm -hmm. heavy on the accent. We'll Not say. a looker. He's got a big face. Big face. He's got a Berlusconi type figure. Well, he knows Berlusconi. Of course he knows Berlusconi. That's a big part of his story. One of his first big deals. Uh, can I tell you something weird real quick? So there was this like when I was in Syria, there was like this like Antifa tabour there. Tabour meets platoon, and it was led mm. by this like Italian guy. And uh, I didn't join it because I had bad vibes. And uh, they, I, I found out later. This was a rumor, but I'm assuming it's true that the leader of it, who was an Italian guy, who I think I actually had been in the Battle of Kobani, um, he like renounced anarchism or whatever, and uh, Berlusconi sent him like sixty thousand dollars to buy weapons with. <laughs> So I'm assuming Berlusconi has like a six-person militia mm. in Syria. I think they all do. Yeah. Berlusconi has a personal one, though. It's not like a dummy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I want to be clear about that. But that was the rumor at the time. And you mm. know me. It's a spiritual truth. Yeah, it's all alleged. I will say this, too, about Zipoli. Uh He's also, like, related to an ex-pope. Hmm. And he was recently in the news because he hooked up the Vatican, the, like literally the Vatican, the Holy See, mm -hmm. with COVID tests when literally no one in the world could get COVID tests. Mm. 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 Yeah. So I hope third eye is kind of pulsing. You know what the first thing I did when you sent me that mm. is I Googled, or actually I duck, duck, goad, uh, Zampoli, Paolo Zampoli, Knights of Malta, but I didn't get anything yet. I, can, oh. I know there's going to be a connection. I know there's going to be a connection. Yeah, there's, I mean, I'm telling you, man, this guy talks to everyone. I mean, he is basically a UN, like, I, I, I don't know how to stress enough. This guy has like eight positions in the UN with various Caribbean islands. Yes. Like, he was the UN ambassador for tourism for Granada. Which, like, by the way, Granada, I, whenever I think about it, I get very sad because I think I of the, there's a videotape speech of Maurice Bishop in, I think, Harlem giving this really beautiful speech about the New Jewel movement. And, uh, and it's fantastic movement. Uh, the invasion of Granada, a, a under heartbreaking. Uh, heartbreaking crime. 
Um, also, of course, so was the murder of Maurice Bishop. But so it, it, I mean, this guy is just all over the Caribbean being like, they're ambassador. I mean, you know how like there's no, those. This guy's like, I mean, this is like a global crook. Yeah. And it's like a cartoon version of a global crook. I mean, all these guys yeah. are. It's so funny. Like when you see him next to Trump in these photos or with Epstein or Brunel, like these guys are just fucking goons. Yeah. I will say, like, statistically, one of them should be handsome, right? We haven't found the handsome one we yet. We haven't found the handsome one. That's Where, what I'm thinking. I think it's still out there. He's our white whale of handsome serial rapist modeling agent. Does Naomi Campbell count? No. Yeah. Because a lady. We're talking handsome. Yeah. She's handsome for a lady. Mm. Yeah. 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 She's tall, right? That's like. She's beautiful. Whenever people call women handsome. handsome, it's like they're tall. I feel like. I think, yeah, and they got big hands. Yeah, well, because that's like they're using handsome in the same way they describe a horse. <laughs> you seen the Seinfeld with the big hands, lady? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yes, I have. I always have. think about that when I see women with big hands. I think, oof. Uh, you see, see the Seinfeld, Seinfeld where his wife dies? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, because I was like, damn, sometimes I'm like, that would be crazy if that happened to me, but about my podcast. <laughs> I just think so about that mean. sometimes. No, but I think it's a tragedy. You know tragedy what? If that happens show. to me as I'm licking the envelopes for all of the Christmas cards I'm sending out, that's going to be very you know, sad. I'm, and okay, we're going to talk about Christmas cards. We want to talk about Christmas, well, in my case, holiday cards. I hope you guys have your mailboxes open because you know how we did that episode on anthrax? Mm. I, let me tell you, I got a great prank coming up. Oh. Wouldn't it be fucking funny if I sent you guys anthrax? No. Okay. Dark winter, baby. Dark winter. So we're going on a little break. Yeah. Yeah, wow, cool. <laughs> so some sounds like someone started already. <sighs> you know what's funny? I will say, I have probably spent technically more time researching this episode in all its different iterations than I've spent researching any Absolutely. other episode. Well, have... yeah, no, it's been like a week and a half. A week two and weeks. a half. I, dude, I read two books. I know. For the episode that never came. I read, you know, like, I, I don't think you, uh, listen, I'm sitting there. You know what I could be doing? I have tickets to the uh, Nutcracker. I have a menorah lighting ceremony at the, uh, at the Southern White House I could go to. Um, I was supposed to dance in the Bolshoi Ballet. And instead, I'm reading fucking uh, the non-Jewish Jew. I'm doing all these books. And uh, and I, you know what? It, it all comes to researching Italian uh, sex criminals. Well, French too. What we do for everyone. I love it though. It's the bread and butter. Me too. I do too. You know, I think this turned out okay in yeah, the end. Yeah. You know, I think this is just like the whole year for everybody. This has been the greatest year of everybody's life. I mean, it's been a nonstop bonanza of joy uh anti-sorrow which is what i call uh a peculiar kind of happiness and love for people mm. and this has been i mean this year what happened i mean bernie sanders won the primary and then he won the election um yeah I, him and jeremy corbyn have formed like a new international uh-huh i my uh legal troubles are over um and the next ones also didn't start yeah uh 
the the coronavirus, which was invented in either well, there's different opinions on where it was invented on this podcast. Yeah, uh, we're split. Coronavirus did not get released because Jeff Bezos uh, pressed a button. Mm. Um, and everything's all or good. It was only released at the UN. Exactly. Uh, Chaz is still around. We're we we are in the Chaz. We're recording from Chaz right now. We're actually yeah. recording from the fifth Chaz. It's great. I, we Liz Liz was actually the ribbon cutter at New York's Chaz, uh, mm. which is the entirety of uh, Staten Island. Yeah, Cuomo, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cuomo's been arrested. Wait, didn't someone someone just accuse Cuomo of sex crimes? Right? Yeah, everyone that went away real quick. Real quick. Yeah, in a New York minute. Didn't look into that. it. Believe it implicitly. Spiritual truth. Look at him. He's a big, yeah, horrible looking man. Remember Talk that about thing a with big his... face. Oh my God. Remember it's, he looks like he should be Gavin Newsom's uncle. Yeah, he does. By the but, way. But like, maybe like Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does look very much like a criminal. He's, I don't want to be like one of those guys who's like, you can tell a criminal by the shape of their oh, face. Oh, he's and a stuff. criminal. But I mean, with Cuomo, give me a break. Yeah. That guy's got criminal you know, features. I've always said the Baldwins of government absolutely every baldwin should be in prison too and in government and in government exactly yes i will say i want to say this on the podcast i am declaring total war against both the governor of california and the mayor of san francisco i will not rest until you are in prison both of you yeah, that'll be a good 2021. Exactly. We're taking that a little feels break weird. here. 2021. Oof. It doesn't it doesn't Oof. roll off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the 20s now though. So at least people can have like a you know, they never settled on a name for the decades prior to this next one. Yeah. Was what it the aughts? The aughts? No one liked the aughts. That the was aughts. foisted upon us. It was foisted. They should have called it the first We were foisted tens. by the aughts. Yeah. And then what? The tens? No, the teens. The ooze. The ooze? I don't like any of it, you know? <laughs> so that's why I just never talk about the past. It's time to move on, is what I say. Yeah, well, let's move on right now. My name is Liz. My name is Brace the Grinch Belden. We are joined by producer Young Chomsky, and the podcast is called, uh, ooh, ah, true and on. And... Thank you guys all for listening this year. It's been a real, I don't know what, a real something. It's real it, it gas. Ha- yeah, went through. It, it's almost done. It's been a real wild ride. But uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeff, 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 Jeff,